Wasn't that good? It was a flawless Joe Biden impression. <laughs> if he ever needs a stand-in, you've, you've got it down. Yeah. Oh. Wait, oh, there is old time rocking. Oh, jeez. What is that? What? It's Rudolph. Oh. I think he's podcasting. Are these headphones on Rudolph? It is. Those are headphones. Yeah, it's it's podcasting Rudolph. Podcasting Rudolph. He's very sad. Those are Beats by Blitzen. <laughs> beats by Blitzen. I love beats, it. Beats by Nick. All right, did, did I see we're recording? This is happening? We're really oh, doing yeah, this? It's happening. Shake and bake. I'm What's sorry. That is that mug? a communist coffee mug? You, what is you, that? Throw, you throw a lot of mixed messages out. <laughs> Jeff just recently read the Communist Manifesto. And he's, Have you he's heard about convinced. this Marx guy? He has got a lot of good points. Yeah, actually, this is one of my son's prized possessions, and I don't know why it's in my possession right now, but um, I, know, I remember where we got it. There's a... Uh, there's a Russian submarine called the Scorpion in Long, Long Beach. Beach. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, we toured the Scorpion. It's right next to the... Um, St. Mary. No, Queen Saint, Mary. No, Queen Mary. Mary. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a... I've been on Queen, that sub. Yeah. And it's old World War II sub. But anyhow, they sell a lot of Soviet paraphernalia. I don't know how else to say it in the gift shop in there. So... Um, they, they, yeah. Say what you will about the Soviets. They made a mean mug, cup of coffee. So You know what? Well, for Jack, it has more to do with um, what he thinks about their Navy. He has no respect for the Chinese Navy, but a ton of professional respect for the Soviet Navy. Not Soviet, because that's not anymore, but the Russian Navy. So Really? Yeah. Because they're the only Navy that that can hold a candle to ours, right? That's I mean, exactly right, yeah. and Even the British know, Navy is... What is it? The British French Navy's and the British. Small. Well, the French and the British are the only ones with a with anything near our carrier capacity, and their supercarriers are essentially non-operational. They have well, too they many problems. Them. And much the way the battleship has fallen out of favor in terms of uh, naval superiority, that I read a lot that says that the, uh, the aircraft carrier is the next to go. And uh, the submarine will be the, uh, the 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 platform that replaces it, just the way the aircraft carrier replaced the battleship. So, can we talk about the French Navy and how they spent all these short many, conversation these many months trying to work out this deal to sell a bunch of diesel submarines to Australia, and then the United States says, you know, we got some old nuclear subs that you can buy, and Australia said, <laughs> oh, we'll go backseas. We're going to take the U.S. subs, and that. Created that whole kerfuffle a few months ago at the G20 when France like pulled out their diplomatic envoy to the United States because they're so mad that we did a secret deal with Australia. And Australia is basically like, look, they got better subs. What do you want us to do? Like, I just want to know if the word crikey was used at all during the negotiations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there was. Anyway, made me very happy that we just totally undercut the French on their sub deal with the Australians. And the French were so mad, they, like, removed all their political envoys from, like, Wednesday through Friday. They, yeah, they took a long weekend in protest. It was, it was rough, you know, and, and they had to break out the, the good cheese to, to deal with the drama. But <laughs> We are so mad that we'll take a long weekend. <laughs> yep. Anyway, that was awesome. I didn't realize that. I thought the Russian, just because I know Russia has a big military still, but I was just reading an article about how – a lot of their military strength is still reliant upon what the Soviet Union left them when it dissolved. They left a lot of military hardware, but that it hasn't really been upgraded in the last 30 years. 
but maybe their Navy is stronger than. Well, neither has Ukraine's. So we'll see. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, and the Soviets, if they can, if I, I think they control the Crimea, right? So at this point, um, that's that's what they need, right? They need that warm water port, year-round warm water port in the Black Sea to keep their navy up to date. Isn't Crimea on the Black Sea? How's my, yes, my geography failing? Crimea. Oh, is Crimea. that what we're talking about? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's funny because the art, one of the articles I was reading about Russia and, and obviously the massive troops that they're building up on the Ukrainian border. And, and they're like, this is a costly war for the Russians. But they say uh, uh, a mad or a strong man in decline will make take big risks. And then they immediately called it back to the Russo-Japanese War of 1904 and 1905 when the Tsar was encouraged to pursue this war against Japan and it failed miserably, but he took the risk because he thought he needed the political capital at home. And they think part of it is Putin is doing the same thing, trying to keep his approval ratings high to stay in power longer. Well, not only that, they've got new submarines there. So they're, uh, I just pulled up an article, uh, Russian Navy's latest special mission submarine, the K-329 Belgorod, put to sea June 25th of this year. So that's, that okay. is a brand new class of uh, Russian sub. And, and apparently they make good submarines. They, they have legitimate technology that they've developed. It's not um, stolen and garbage like most of the Chinese stuff, but. Okay. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Scary. It, yeah. So it's the largest <laughs> submarine to be built for 30 years. Same one thing about the Russians. They always build the biggest thing that they possibly can. <laughs> well, and Russians as a people, I mean, is there any denying how tough they are? No, one to one. I would never want to tussle with even a, a weak looking Russian because <laughs> a, a Russian woman. Yeah, I'm, I've I'm seen out. enough. I've seen enough Russian dash cam footage to be scared off of ever upsetting a Russian. Yeah, and... Russian in a tracksuit. No, thank you. I'm out. <laughs> Exactly. So how long is this, this rental project going to take? Uh, anywhere from four weeks to six months. Yeah. It's hard sounds, to tell. Sounds about just, right. At this point, I'm just more focused on when can we have insulation reinstalled into my house? Cause yeah, it's so cold. Yeah. That's where I was going with that story earlier. Like downstairs it's 40 degrees and upstairs it's 98. So I would much rather just wall off, not wall, but close all the doors to my bedroom and turn on a space heater in there and put on an extra blanket and get the dog mm-hmm. up close to me. And so, anyhow, fortunately, it only gets so cold in Texas, but it'll be in the it'll be in the low I 40s, mean, high 30s tonight. So, but you know, last winter was no joke in Texas with that whole yeah that February storm. deal was for real. So yeah, it, it can get dangerous. So hopefully, you get it get it figured out quick. Four below zero and uh, eight to 12 inches of snow. So, geez. Anyhow. All right. All right. Let's get rolling. Welcome to this episode of Dad Bod History, where the drinks are cold and the takes are old. Tonight, we are discussing seminal, seminal music moments in our own personal histories. 
Uh, for example, which band was the greatest? Which song would you want to drop kick into the sun? What was your favorite concert as a kid? Which concert should I go see this summer? And I'm seriously asking because there's some options. And uh, all that and more in this episode of Dad Bod History. But before we get into that, guys, how was your week? Weekend? Anything special happen? It's busy. If not, I, I can go first. Go first. Yeah, you should probably go first. All right. It was my daughter's birthday today. Um, so we had her eighth birthday. It was awesome. And it was interesting because a year ago on her birthday, literally we were driving up to Utah as part of our move up, up here. And so we didn't really get to celebrate her birthday and it was disappointing. It was very disappointing for her. And so this time um, we made sure we had a legit party for her. We invited her whole class about half of them came and and some other kids came that we knew to the party and it was at this place called toad's fun house which the name sounds sketchy and when i looked it up at first i'm like this sounds like a you know kind of some backwoods country guy named toad who maybe has like an alligator wrestling pit and stuff like that but it was awesome it, it was like um it had a bunch of arcade games like dave and busters but then it had a laser tag room had a mini golf indoor mini golf and obviously they only serve pizza and, and soda and all that stuff. And it was a blast. Like it, it was really fun. She had a, a great time hanging out with all her friends and, and uh, having her first like really big kid party. It was, it was awesome. Are these so, mostly friends from school or does she have like neighborhood buddies or how does that work so at her age? We have a couple kids across uh, neighbors, one's across the street and then one was right next door. We invited them. Uh, the ones across the street couldn't make it. And uh, the one next door did, though, and she's also in second grade. She actually goes to the same school as my daughter, uh, but she's in a different class. Um, and so it was really cool hanging out with her because we, you know, we I talked to the dad quite a bit, but we never really had our kids hang out. And then we had about 10 or 12 kids or so from her class at school that came um, to the party. And. It's always weird. Like this is our first, well, not our first, we've tried, you know, we had other parties, but this was kind of a first really big party for our daughter. And it's always kind of trepidatious because we get there at the, 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 the event center or the place and we're getting things set up. And it's like, I know people have said they're going to show, but is anyone actually going to show? And like, you're kind of waiting until you see those first kids coming in and with their parents. And it's like, all right, this is now it's, it's on because the last thing you want is to be one of those videos where you throw a big birthday party and no one shows up for your kid and it's like really frightening so just anyway. you and your wife in the bouncy castle yeah <laughs> so but no it was awesome we had that situation a few years ago with my daughter probably like her sixth birthday mm -hmm. and uh we rented out a room at like uh one of those jump places oh, yeah those are awesome. And but her birthday's in the summer. So we sent cards to all of her classmates at the end of the school year, but it was six weeks ahead of time. And I think six weeks is good lead time for this kind of stuff. Apparently it's too much. Mm -hmm. And uh everyone was traveling out of town. There's like three of her classmates that could come. So that's kind of a bummer. Um still had fun. She was six, she didn't really didn't phase her, but yeah. Um, but we're going to have my son's birthday come up pretty soon. First birthday in the new house. And I'm guessing we're probably going to think, hey, let's have the party here at the house. But the backyard is just dirt. So 
Oh, that could be fun for a bunch of eight-year-old boys. Yeah, boys don't really care if you have a dirt Nine-year-old boys, holy cow. Oh, nine-year-olds on the other hand? What, is there some size? I no, it's just, just I forgot my son. You forgot his son is turning nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's all about uh, all about grandkids. All I get, I just need a picture of the grandbaby sent to me from Lillian, and it stops me in my tracks. And whatever I was doing is cast aside. So, um, tell you something you guys have heard but haven't experienced it. Having grandkids is far in a way so much better than having children. It's <laughs> all of the fun, all of the love, a minute fraction of the responsibility it's truly great so So can i ask like on a philosophical level because obviously when we all had our kids we all fell in love with our kids and you know seeing grandparents you know like were you were you um craving a granddaughter or like a grandchild before you knew lily was pregnant like oh yeah man i was really you were hoping for grandkids yeah, for sure. You know, and you had three kids and um, before Lily got pregnant, I had, you know, my oldest is 28. Um, never been in a relationship that I was ever thought would bear children. Sure. Um, Jack is he's so ideologically bound to my uncle that he just wants the carefree lifestyle of uh, bachelorhood or perpetual childlessness. And um Couple that with the fact that being on a submarine, he just knew correctly that maintaining a relationship would be next to impossible. So, but anyhow, now that he's on shore duty, he's uh, he's got a new girlfriend and she's super sweet. Everybody loves her. So anyhow, that tale could change. And then Lillian, my youngest, who is, um, you know, she's always been the wild child, the hardest to pin down on anything. I mean, you you had her in a class, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. uh, Yeah. She's a, she's a handful and never knew where that was going to go. So anyhow, for at some point you just start wondering, are any of these kids going to ever give me a grandkid? And Mm -hmm. you start resigning yourself to a life without that. And then I think, you know, the first domino falls and it's one of those things that like in five years, you have six grandkids and like, Oh my gosh, how did this happen? But yeah. Anyhow, the first one's here, her name's, ivy and she is beautiful and awesome and wonderful so it's great yeah that's so cool all right well uh before we get started everyone's got their christmas sweater on so we're ready to go it's not christmas yet but we're in that season go cardinals did they play today did they win or tomorrow night they got the rams okay Ooh, monday night football nice and then jeff's got podcasting rudolph yes nice and then i just got just a snowflake and two other reindeer chilling out. You, right. you know, the modern Christmas sweater, you can get anything you want. You can get not suitable for work. You can get your favorite football team. You can mm-hmm. probably get your own face on a sweater for next to nothing. Uh, the, 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 the sweater game has exploded really good. in the last five years. And it well, is a good it, thing. And, and, uh, the ugly sweater thing, now people buy it ironically. They're like, I want to buy ugly sweaters to wear around. And, you know, they have ugly sweater Christmas parties. Yeah. And Do you have anything uglier than this? I mean, this is hideous, but I was hoping for something worse. <laughs> yeah. I want something to induce vomiting upon sight. Do you have anything that bad? Because I want to win this party. Yeah, it's uh, 
I love Christmas sweaters. I love winter weather because I can wear sweaters. And I wasn't a big sweater guy in, yeah, as a kid, I was not a sweater guy in, in my 20s, but something about hitting my 30s and now I'm 40 and I love wearing sweaters. I will always respect Eric Swenson the most. Um, we He had an ugly sweater party one time. And first of all, one of his buddies showed up in a head to toe one piece with footsies and everything. Um mm-hmm sweater on and eric's going to cut this because down in his crotch he had a pringles can that there was nothing left to the imagination so <laughs> there was that one around the party but eric had on the awesome. sweater that was minimum three sizes too small and he had his pot belly sticking out from under yeah. the sweater and through the whole party it's almost like like he knew what he was doing when he put this on but he kept trying to like pull it down through the whole party and it wouldn't work it would rise back up and he'd pull it down again over there and just keep rising up and uh you know it doesn't you're, you're not going to hide that it's beautiful it's just giving, what you've done yeah hey, it's just giving the guest a little taste a little taste <laughs> of what's under that's a beautiful thing i don't know if that was part of his deal was the what is his wife what does sarah say she always he always wears a medium size t-shirt like that's his <laughs> medium is his go-to size and he's not a medium guy no, he's not. <laughs> Oh, but he also does not give a rat's patoot what anybody thinks. No, he doesn't. It it was glorious. And I've told that story minimum a hundred (laughs) times since then, and I'm not done yet. So that's awesome. All right. Well, let's get into the topics. We're going to talk about music and uh, specifically music kind of that we grew up with. Um, So not necessarily like a history of classical music, because I don't got anything when it comes to that. But uh, just kind of some questions on the music of your childhood, maybe the music that formed you or bands or concerts that you have seen or we want to see. And starting that off, the first question is, what was your favorite childhood concert you ever saw live? So you can't say, well, I saw a recording of Woodstock in 1969. You got to say, no, I saw this, this person or this group live. Who's your favorite? For me, um, it was a Guns N' Roses concert, but there's a little bit of a lead into this. So, okay, um, this is before Metallica really blew up as a super group, a monster act, and they were opening for Guns N' Roses. And um, a, a lot of times, open. an opening band won't use like they'll use their own PA, but they were plugged into Guns N' Roses PA, and they just wrecked that place. And they played for, I don't know, 45 minutes. And my buddy, like when they were done, he turned to me because he said, God, that was awesome. How can Guns N' Roses come anywhere near topping that? And then Axel just said, hold my beer and came out and slayed Mile High Stadium for three hours. And it was, well, who was the opening act? I don't even remember. And Metallodoink. Yeah. Yeah. to, To this day, I almost certainly like Metallica better than Guns N' Roses, but live Axl Rose in his prime, it was ridiculous. So that's a, that's a funny thing is that there's bands out there that you, they're legitimately better bands. They will just crank out hits, but for whatever reason, it just does not translate to live and vice versa. There's bands out there. Like they might have a few hits, but when they put on a live show, it is just, it blows the roof off of the building. And it's just, there's that discrepancy between, what you hear on the radio and what you hear live and it, it can make, make or break the whole, the whole show. Yeah. I, I would, 
I, I would say that a, a great band is one that can put out a great album and do a great live show. Cause mm-hmm. uh, to, to your point, there's plenty of bands that sound great on the radio, but you see them live and it's just not there. So what, okay. what's childhood here up to what's, 18. So if you're 18 or under sweet, I don't have many, but I have some good ones. All right. Can't wait to hear it. As A-log. a child, I probably attended at least four Neil Diamond concerts with my parents. <laughs> okay. They were big fans and couldn't get a babysitter, I guess. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I've been to a few of his. Um, well, as a side question, favorite uh, Neil Diamond song, Eric? Ooh. I mean, you've been to four concerts, so. Yeah. So the songs that I can remember. I would say I only know two, so don't steal one of mine. Um, coming to America. That's a good one. That is a good one. And uh, living in blue jeans. Oh, forgot that one. And what's the other? The, the one I think we're all thinking. Sweet of. Caroline. Sweet, Sweet Caroline. Caroline. Yeah, that's a it's a good one. Um, but as a teenager, there's a couple concerts I went to, very different. One was Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, which uh, you know, they were big at the time bunch of my friends got oh, tickets want to be and, with you. Oh. and uh my mom was like i'm driving you and i'm going hell yes you and are. so my mom came with i was very resistant but all my friends were like no no we need to ride so this works out um and that was that was when i started listening to the radio like early in high school so i missed my middle school years of listening to the radio so i wasn't on the nirvana Blind Melon, Smashing Pumpkins, all the grunge stuff. I kind of hit it after that. And so Hootie and the Blowfish went to that concert, had a blast. There's some things in the air. Like I smelled weird smells. I didn't know what people were smoking. Very odd for me. The next concert I went to was three years ago. Wait, wait, later. wait, wait, hang on. Were you raised in a concentration camp where all the radios hidden in your house? What, no, what, I just what does it, that it, even mean? It wasn't an interest to me. Like everyone had was, a CB. That's all like they did. in seventh grade. They were listening to Nirvana and I looked at it and they just scoffed. And I was like, Yeah, I'm not into the whatever the popular kids are into. I'm gonna just not listen to music. Oh my god. I'm gosh. gonna go to the Neil Diamond concert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you guys uh, didn't have your Nirvana. <laughs> so then in high school, I really started listening to the radio more. It was Something that, you know, I I actually got a radio in my room. I purposely got one. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to music. Um, Smart. So in my senior year, I went with another buddy and his friend to the Insane Clown Posse concert. <laughs> From Neil Diamond to the ICP. Cypress a- Hill opened. Okay. Oh, my buddy broke his nose in a mosh pit and bled all over his shirt. It was so much fun don't those guys cover back. the crowd in soda pop in a uh, fago yeah fago out of like detroit that which is like K cola or something isn't that some regional yeah not it's quite and good and they've soda. got like this uh apocalyptic style like story to their it's weird and after a while i was like you know what this is actually really just dumb their whole thing but it was fun I had fun. I'm, I'm curious, were you into Insane Clown Posse before going to the show or was yeah. this kind of your first exposure? Yeah, I, w- I had been listening to it for a few months, probably. Again, it, it was kind of more of a, huh? Was it Bobby? No, no. Okay. Sounds like something Bobby would go no. to. No, I don't think you're going to guess which of my buddies this was. Chad? 
No, no, he, that he went to Hootie and the Blowfish with me. Um, it was Elio. Ah, I should have said Elio. You're <laughs> right. He, I, would, uh, I didn't guess him. He's, you know, a lot of fringy kind of things for him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, we had fun. All right. So right. of those three, Neil Diamond, Hootie and the Blowfish, or the Insane Clown Bossy, which one is your favorite? I think my memories from Insane Clown Posse were the best, but okay. the music from Hootie and the Blowfish was much better. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, I like it. Uh, for me, it's a toss between two. One, when I was probably like 10 or 11, was MC Hammer on his Too Legit to Quit tour. And he came to the Dane County Coliseum and it was incredible. Like it was mind blowingly awesome. Did and you have the pants that night? I did not have hammer pants, unfortunately, no. But I was doing that too legit to hand sign. I was singing to the top of my lungs every song. My stepmom was with me and I was losing my mind. It was awesome. And Boys to Men was supposed to open for that concert, but their producer died. And so they had to bow out of the concert. So All for One, which is another R&B group, oh. they had to fill in, which was, they did a great job. They were the opener. Um, but I was really looking forward to seeing Boys to Men as well. Uh, so I'm going to say. Who did, who did you go with? My stepmom. She drove me there. So my dad was not going to have any part of going to <laughs> So my dad was like a Lyle Lovett and Joe Cocker kind of guy. Like he was, he was listening to that kind of country. And uh, I, I feel very know. certain, fairly certain that the next concert I go to will be driving my daughter and her friends to see some. Oh, almost certainly. Some Haley Steinfeld or. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say Hammer, MC Hammer was my favorite childhood concert I ever attended. Um, right around when I turned 18, though, I did get a chance to go to Vans Warped Tour, I think 99 or 2000. And that was awesome, too, because I got to see MXPX, No Effects. I got to see Papa Roach, Green Day, uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, just a ton of really good 90s bands. Um, but I like them all, but I loved Hammer in the early 90s. I thought I thought he was God on earth. So that would be my favorite childhood concert. So with that in mind, who is your favorite band or musical artist of all time? So your your personal favorite, not necessarily who's the greatest, but who, you know, if if you had to play somebody on the on the drop of a hat you just want to listen to some music who are you going to well That's being tough. the oldest dad on the dad bod front here um obviously this answer changes over the course of your life so sure. i've got to say what was the answer for the longest stretch of time and for me no doubt that was van halen so my cousin turned me on to Van Halen at, I don't know, a young age. I was like 10 or something. And he loaned me several records like vinyl and I borrowed them. I took them home. I recorded them onto uh, cassette tapes. And I remember learning that the list, the, the way that they ordered the songs on the on the uh, the album cover was not the same order that they were on the record. So I wrote up the tape covers all wrong, but mm -hmm. anyhow, that just turned into a lifetime love of Van Halen and um, whether it's David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar and 
so anyhow, um, that answer has changed through my life, but most of my life, the answer was Van Halen. And, uh, yeah, when, when Eddie died this last year, it was, it was sad, man. That's like, you know, it's, it's like one of those things where, you know, when you're young and you're playing rock and roll and your dad's like, turn that crap off. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's loud. And, and then 15, 20 years later, it's on classic rock radio. Like what, what is, what is yeah. this? So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, whatever you're listening to is going to end up on classic rock at some point. And yeah, that's a pretty good sign that, uh, that they're not they, cool they, anymore. They, yeah. yeah. Eric, you got any favorite all time? That's really tough. Cause I'd say for the longest time, I really liked Dave Matthews band and I still do. Like it's just good music, but for the longest stretch of time, like Jeff said, I think I'd honestly, if 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 I had to be stuck listening to someone for a, a good chunk of time, it'd be Sting. I like Sting. <laughs> I just no, no judgment. No judgment. Okay, yeah. This is a safe space. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you're good. <laughs> like I, you know, I really enjoy Tupac as well. Um, Phil Collins is great. Uh, Peter Gabriel is in fact, I like better than Phil Collins, you too. But if said, all right, you just get one person, all the albums, it'd be sting. I can just relax. Okay. I, I like sting. I mean, and obviously sting is part of the police. A lot of great hits there. Yeah. I, I think sting is a really good, he's really, uh, listenable if that's a word you can just listen to it and enjoy it you don't have to necessarily get too high or too low it's just good music um jeff i had a question though van hagar do you have any thoughts on the van hagar era yeah i do um you know when dave left the band you know all sad um i i never had any animosity towards uh sammy hagar but um, through the course of my life, I've seen Van Halen in concert. It, it's north of 15 times. Um, so, you know, I've seen him with Dave before he left. I saw him with Sammy while he was there. And I saw him with Dave again when he came back. And a lot of people like to say Sammy Hagar, you know, they call him Van Hagar and it's not as good. I'll tell you what, man, that guy, he's a professional. Every live show I saw with Sammy Hagar, He left it all out there. And there were times where those guys hated each other's guts, but they still just crushed it and put on a good show and encores and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The last time I saw David Lee Roth, he, he didn't even want to be there. He he didn't know the words to some of the songs from like Van Halen two songs that he has performed literally hundreds of times. And uh, just, he just didn't want to be there. So anyhow, just in terms of someone who respected the fans. Um, I mean, Dave was a big talent, but, but Sammy Hagar, he's a professional. And um, I, I never went to a Sammy Hagar show where he didn't leave feeling like he got your money's worth. So. Okay. That's my take on that. I get it. I, I heard, obviously I haven't seen Van Halen live ever, but I've heard obviously songs from Van Halen from both David Lee Roth and Hagar. I'm like, they're both good. Like they're just both good. Like I never was ever like, Oh, this song sucks. Because Sammy Hagar's doing it now, and, and as opposed to David Lee well, Roth, and, and, and they're different. You know, I, at fifty-one fifty, Sammy's uh, first album, it was awesome. It was, it's a great Van Halen album, but of course, the constant through all that is you've got Alex Van Halen on drums and Eddie Van Halen on guitar, so um, you can maintain a lot of that same mm-hmm. uh, 
skill level and sound and whatnot that they do. The the music is different because you know the way those guys write, it's still collaborative. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I I don't have strong feelings one way or another, except for uh, yeah, I don't like Dave singing to me live. Apparently, <laughs> it's all right. Um, Eric, it's funny that you mentioned Dave Matthews Band. That was right up there on, on the top of my list. Um, but I think my favorite band of all time, and this is probably because they were so formative in middle school and high school for me, would be Pearl Jam. Um, I, you know, they're at the height of the grunge movement, and something about the way they performed and sang was just unbelievable to me. Like it was, it hit me on a on a level I didn't know existed <laughs> when I was a 13-year-old kid. And you know, I I memorized every word of their songs, you know, Jeremy's definitely Jeremy, um, probably being the most one that sticks with me the most. Um, and, uh, and then they had their anthology that came out in the 95 or 96, which was incredible. And then they came back like in the late nineties with, um, uh, that remake, uh, last kiss. I think it was the remake of last kiss that they did, which was great. Like they just, they're really good. Eddie Vedder's incredible to me. And he's um, still incredible. He's still turning yeah. out fantastic music right now. He's still touring. That guy's uh he's a real musician. He's a rock star. So like yeah. I said before, my, my interest in music didn't hit until like 95, 96, 97. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of after the, the grunge hit my age group. Right. And so I, I heard all of those songs, right. By Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, Nirvana, all that stuff. It wasn't until kind of recently that I started listening to them purposefully. Right. Yeah. Like, like this song, I remember this song, it would be on the radio and I wouldn't really put it to anybody. I would just be like, yeah, I know this song. And so I'd be listening through these different albums. Mm-hmm. Um, especially stuff by Chris Cornell. Just oh yeah. Like, and, and I didn't, I knew that he passed away recently. Um, my administrator, um, he was kind of, he's into a lot of music plays a little bit. And he was talking about Chris Cornell and I started looking into Chris Cornell. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I know his music. And his voice just has this incredible range. And of course I hadn't really given it the the time of day back then but yeah yeah. i i think i feel the same way about some of that music as i do about um i may have talked about this like last year about kobe bryant i spent so much time kind of hating on him as not a lakers fan that i never got to appreciate his game and appreciate what he was doing until after he passed away and i was like oh i missed out on greatness enjoying the greatness while it was happening yeah um but all right i get it i totally get that so next question being who's your least favorite band so this might be a harder question least favorite band or artist of all time and to give you guys a second i will go first uh for me it's bush so and i think this is because i love pearl jam so much i have to hate bush because I feel like Bush is a lesser version of Pearl Jam. Like for whatever reason, I think they're overrated. I don't find their songs that particularly engaging or good. And I know they got a ton of hits, but for whatever reason, I, I feel like they're a, 
an anti Pearl Jam, and as a result, I must hate them. Um, so that's that's my that's my pick for for worst band of all time. Um, I'm gonna go next just because this is a great segue. I only have to change one letter from yours to get to mine. The band Rush. I've tried to like Rush. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't help it. I, I don't know. I'm not into Rush. I tried. I've got buddies who love it, who go crazy about it. You know, that's so interesting because Rush is one of those bands that's like, you don't like Rush? No. Well, then you you clearly don't understand Rush. And it's like, no, I understand it. Fine. I just don't like it. Yeah, I tried. I really did. <laughs> yeah. I tried hard. I, yeah. Yeah. Neil Getty, Neil Burr, Pert, all that. I, 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 yeah. I might even have their names right. I don't know. But yeah, just... Uh, so, so consequently, it's morphed from one of this, like, I've tried and my buddies loved them. And I just, I just didn't get it. Apparently, maybe you're right. I didn't, I don't get Rush. And do you like Journey? Oh, God, I love Journey. Yeah. See, I feel like Rush is the bizarro Journey. And maybe that's why I think Journey is so much better. Because I think, like, Bush is the bizarro Pearl Jam. Rush is bizarro Journey. That's okay. my theory. That I just I, made up. I like that theory. I'll go with okay. that. It might be a whole other episode. We can flesh out bizarro <laughs> worlds. But uh, yeah, yep. for me, it's Rush for sure. Okay. Eric, you got one? You got a, 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 hey. van, a band that you would kick to the sun if you could? I don't know. Or if, if you hear it on the radio, you immediately change the station or drop kick your boombox into the pool? Um. I guess I, because if I don't like it, I don't know it. Right. Mm -hmm. I guess the only thing that comes to mind, it's very recent. It's just because I, yeah, I listened to it. I've heard it. And I just think this is absolute. well, shoot, a bunch of things come to mind. It's just absolute trash. Oh, it has no value. Let's hear it. Um, Are you talking about a bunch of music or is there? Yeah, yeah it's just a whole bunch of people, in. but I can, I can. Uh, going to be airing his grievances. I like it. Okay. Cardi, Cardi B, B keep no, going. no, just has no value uh, musically or even just there's no edification there. Uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Montero. Uh, I've never even heard of this. Yeah, he, he just had like these videos politician? where he's uh, like lap dancing the devil. It's just. It's oh, like, Lil Nas. Yeah, Lil, Lil Nas. Nas. What's Montero? That's his like. That's his song. His song. Yeah, it's just. I I'm sorry. No, I have no interest. And honestly, it's I wouldn't even kick him to the sun. I'm just my interest is so rooted in apathy. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't give the effort to kick them to the curb. I just go the other direction. I, I have okay. so little interest. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. You, you know what? I I picked out a band I didn't like. You were that was dripping with disdain. That was <laughs> yeah. that was well played. That was well, what it's one thing to just not enjoy a kind of music. It's another. You're not adding anything to our culture. <laughs> okay, you're taking from our culture. I don't know. I mean, I I get what you're saying. Like. But I also really like uh, Old Town Road by Lil Nas. I think it's a great song. And uh, so, I don't know. But I, I get it. I get why you wouldn't Cardi like B, it. Cardi B is pretty gross. That's that's hard to argue with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I like it. Good picks. I like it. Eric got 
you got deep there. You got yeah, you got, you got into the weeds. I like yeah. it. You didn't. You said you're apathetic, but I don't think you're apathetic because you didn't sound. I want to be apathetic. <laughs> want to okay. care so little, but you keep using that I word. Care. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> exactly. All right. So it's most, not that I'm apathetic. It's that I just don't care. <laughs> exactly. Most overrated, and I've given you a choice of five. And uh, the reason, well, two of these I picked because. I think it's during the zeitgeist as being overrated bands. Nickelback, Nickelback and Creed are often labeled as overrated. Um, also, I saw Nirvana on a few lists as overrated bands. Kiss and U2. And I only picked Nirvana and U2. I don't necessarily agree with that assessment, but I saw where people were coming. Um, they think, and I think with Nirvana, people give Nirvana a lot of credit because of the Foo Fighters. Like Nirvana was great for their time, but the Foo Fighters, because of Dave Grohl, are timeless. Like I, the Foo Fighters have far eclipsed Nirvana, I think, in, in cultural appeal. That's a tough one, man, because I, I do love me. Nirvana is kind of a root, right, of, of so much music. Well, yeah, yeah. They're the ones that, that kicked down that door. I mean, prior to that, mm -hmm. it was uh, cherry pie and, you know, hair metal and which is all great music. Don't get me wrong, but um, that, that changed everything when, I mean, smells like teen spirit. There was nothing like that before that. So, okay. So, so getting to your list, um, Nickelback, Creed, Nirvana, Kiss, U2. Hmm. Um, I immediately couldn't ever call Nirvana, Kiss, or U2 overrated. Nirvana changed everything. Kiss, those guys sold hit records across three decades, if not more. And U2 has probably literally changed the world for the better. So that, that narrows me down to Nickelback. Yeah, they've literally fed millions of people by themselves. <laughs> yeah, and changed lives and changed yeah. government policies. And I mean, that's... And they still make great music. That's the thing. They're still... Ooh, they produced 16, 17 records, and they're always good. Yeah, the, the, like, the only way you could call them overrated is because they are so highly regarded that maybe that's outpaced. But again, mm -hmm. I think it's deserved. So, so that gets us down to Nickelback and Creed. And Nickelback, they're, they're the poster child, right? Mm -hmm. But having said that, I mean, someone's buying the albums, right? They're Those selling out selling concerts. a lot of albums. Like, yeah. I don't, got, I still don't understand where the hate comes from for either of these bands. I, I don't I understand that. what the derision is. Their I probably is know one Creed song. I probably exponentially know. better than anything Cardi B has ever put onto paper. Oh, here he comes again with this apathetic take on <laughs> Cardi B. I, Cardi B's not in our world, Eric. That, that, that doesn't move the scale for any of the three of us at, at all. It might for it's for a whole different generation. I mean, you don't listen to radio stations where they play her music, they talk about her, or they know her. So yeah, it's just not even in your world. I mean, but when you're reading about Cardi B, you're reading about it on the Drudge Report. So it's for completely different reasons than her crappy music. It's her uh, it's her effect yeah, on. But on I still culture. I I never understood where Nickelback and Creed got all the hate. You know, and I, I, don't, and I suppose it might be there. Maybe if I think Nickelback, gets, I, I think Nickelback gets the hate because 
to people, you know, because they're presenting themselves as this hard rock band. And for whatever reason, people think they sold out because they cut their hair and bleached it. And, you know, they, they went too poppy. With that said, I like their songs. Like, I'll go on record. I like Nickelback. Yeah, Your Photograph, Rockstar, How yeah. You Remind Me. That's good stuff. Even that song in the first Spider-Man, what a hero can save us. And he's swooping on the Brooklyn Bridge is awesome. It's a great movie. Oh, great movie. <laughs> and a hero can, like, it was awesome. And a hero in the back of my neck standing up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry that an American Eagle is too cool for you. Like, I, I, Well, they're Canadian, so. I know. And it still worked. Yeah. But I, I get it. I think that's where Nickelback gets the, the set because they're not like a real hard rock band. So everyone says, well, they're overrated. It's like, well, maybe, but all their songs are good. Why are they called Nickelback? I don't know. That's a great question. That's a very niche football position. It's not even a position. It's a situational yeah. position. So why is Nickelback called Nickelback? <laughs> Uh, well, those guys played in the cfl or something the band later changed its name to nickelback which originated from the nickel and change that band member mike kroger gave customers at his starbucks job he would say here's your nickelback okay well there you go okay well now i hate him again now they're kind of now i'm i'm a little off the edge I a <laughs> yeah i would oh, you worked at starbucks never mind yeah. i take uh, it I, back i don't like the way this all worked out yeah i yeah. was gonna say creed now i'm <laughs> Now I'm on the fence. And I think Creed gets hate because, you know, they're. I think you could say they're derivative of Pearl Jam in their sound. Um, and, and, and a lot of other of those 90s grunge alt rock. Yeah, bands. There, there's there's very much an, an Eddie Vedder complex with whoever the yeah. lead singer is from Creed. Scott uh, Stapp. Scott Stapp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's probably where they get it because. They were really popular. I think in the late '90s, they were very popular. I liked them. With arms wide open was probably their biggest song. Yeah. Um, but I think because they're a derivative of other alt rock bands, that's probably where they get the overrated label from. Uh, with that said, I guess if I had to pick one, Nickelback. But I guess I like overrated bands because I like Nickelback. Um, if if you're if I'm being forced to pick one. I, 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 you're I, asking me what yeah, I if we're voting I'm taking Creed okay if we're saying most overrated to probably say Creed but in my mind the one that I would say I'm least likely to listen to would be Kiss well that's a good pick I mean if you're not if you don't listen to I mean are there other hard rock 70s hard rock bands you'd listen to like no well so they, they literally go, like, had a disco hit eric they're kings of rock and roll they had a true. disco kick hit that's it the bass player is a vampire what do you want yeah that's a double threat disco hit i mean if you can master disco what can't you do i was made for loving you baby <laughs> come on try not to dance eric i'll be okay <laughs> he's I'll like manage. a rock he's a stoic man all right so you're going to go with Creed? Yeah, I think so. All right. I get it. I think it's a, I think it's a good pick. For but I like them. Yeah, I like them too. Like, like Jeff said, they might be overrated, but people are buying the records. People are going to the shows. So uh, 
Who is the greatest band or artist of all time, and why did you pick the Beatles? I don't like the Beatles. What? I'm not. Everybody likes the Beatles. I don't. How many and Beatles I think it's songs a do you know by heart? thing for me. Everyone's like the Beatles are the greatest. I'm like, yeah, prove it. Okay, and I, I don't just, think they're the greatest. They're great. I think they're influential, but I can't sit there and listen to more than two songs at a time. Without, but how many of their the songs Beatles. do you know by heart? One, none by heart. Twist and all shout. You, so you don't know Twist and Shout. If we're watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off, you can't sing all of Twist and uh, Shout. Probably. It's just I'm. So I'll say know. this: I was in Eric's boat on the Beatles. I'm like, eh, they're overrated. They're okay, but I don't really get it. And then when I was in Vegas one year, I went and saw. Uh, Love by Cirque du Soleil and it totally changed my appreciation for the Beatles and maybe it's because these acrobats are doing these incredible things to all these beautiful Beatles songs but like I'm like the Beatles might be the greatest band of all time after seeing this show like it was mind-blowingly good and I don't know if you could do that oh yeah I mean well what what I I can either. No, I've seen that show too. It's awesome. And I was kind of in the same boat. Like I liked the Beatles after that. I was into the Beatles. I would say I was into them, but I, I had new I, I, for them. I guess I could say I get it. I get how they became the most popular band in the world. So the are we doing a dad bod history on location Cirque du Soleil event? Is that? Yes. Is that the plan? I'm, I'm in. I'm down. I'll go. I'll watch that. <laughs> That one again, I'll watch Love Again by the Beatles. It's that good. Like, it's incredible. Okay, so uh, I love the way you, you posed your question. The Beatles are clearly going to be a, a... They're always they're always up there, right? When people say, what is the greatest band of all time? Almost always top of the list is Beatles. But so I, if, I, it's not the Beatles, with, if it's not the Beatles, it's Michael Jackson. King of pop. I get it. The King of pop, man. That guy, I, I didn't realize how much I liked him until he died. And I started seeing all this stuff on TV and I was like, man, like, like being a child of the eighties and growing up with the MTV, that guy owned MTV. He's insanely talented. There are some wicked asterisks and some stuff that nobody wants to deal with on his resume, of course. Sure. But if we're talking about straight musical talent, I, there's arguably not another human being alive that did what that guy did in terms of music. Agreed. And, and it was, I mean, it was again, his decade, I mean, what he died when he was what 49 or 50, like he died pretty young, but during those 49 or 50 years for four decades, he was producing and making music. And it was always yeah, really I mean, as, good as a music. child, he yeah. was a star as a child. Yeah. And through his whole life. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, if, if it's not the Beatles, I totally see why somebody would say Michael Jackson, because I mean, he was whatever Elvis was in the 50s or 60s, Michael Jackson was through the 80s and much of the 90s. And yeah, he was just a constant. Eric, do you have anybody else other than the Beatles? What would you say is the greatest band or artist of all time? Uh, I don't know. That's really. I don't I, think I, I, think I don't think other... my catalog of music that I've listened to and appreciated is large enough to 
for me to like identify the greatest. But mm-hmm. Michael Jackson is up there. The Beatles are up there. I'd say U2 is kind of approaching that, especially with their longevity. Um, the Rolling Stones. Another great pick. Um, the Beach yeah, Boys. I, Anybody? Maybe. The, the band that could have been had the Beatles not gone on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, they're, like, they're arguably the, the American Beatles, you know. Yeah. There was a tremendous rivalry between those bands. And, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just say the Rolling Stones. Because okay. they're I still think it's rolling. A good pick. Yeah. That's a good one. They're a great uh, band. I'm going to go a little bit different. And this is partially just because I love him. Um, but I'm going to go Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. So I think if a Frank Sinatra song comes on the radio, I cannot help but start singing. <laughs> like, doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if I know the words. Doesn't matter if I can sing it in tune or not. If a Frank Sinatra song comes on, I'm just going to start singing because he was just that good. You know what? And it's a great genre. Try this sometimes. Say, Alexa, play mob hits. There you go. You're just going to sing good. along to Italian a, beautiful music for the next Get some Mac the Knife in there. Yeah. That's right. Some Volare. Yeah, the whole deal. Yeah. It's great. But, yeah, Frank Sinatra, I mean, what? He started singing in the 20s. I think he died in 97, and he was singing almost up until the end. Like, he's just... You know, one of those guys that he, uh, the older he got, he was like a, a fine wine. He just kept getting better with age. And uh, so, yeah, Frank Sinatra. I, I understand every other pick. I get why someone would say the Beatles. I get why they'd say Michael Jackson. I get why they'd say the Rolling Stones. Um, but for me, it would be Frank Sinatra. So going back to the Beatles real quick. Sure. And I was just in Palm Desert a few weeks ago. And Frank Sinatra had an impact in that town, too, I think are all retirees mm-hmm. um go back to the beatles though have you seen the film uh yesterday about the guy that like Who, got knocked unconscious and then yeah wakes up in a beatles. world that doesn't have the beatles and so he yeah gets to write all their songs and introduce them to the world as his own yeah, yeah it's I, a cool movie it was cool if I remember and, right, weren't there some other odd things that like whenever this event happened that erased the Beatles, like like something else, like some other things went away, like like yogurt or something like there were a few other things that were missing from that world. Maybe when woke up. Mm-hmm. Can't remember. But that movie made me appreciate the Beatles a little bit more, but not to the point where I was like, go Beatles. I, I think my favorite part of that movie is when he's sitting down and his dad, who has not taken him seriously his whole life, he's like, I'm going to blow my dad's mind and tell him that I wrote Hey Jude. And he's he's busting out Hey Jude on the piano and his dad's like, like why don't you take out the garbage? I'm always on you never do anything. Your life is nothing. <laughs> his dad's still not impressed. Passing off Hey Jude as his own, which is awesome. it is in that universe. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, if you could go to any concert to any concert band or artist that you have not seen who would you pick and so any era so if you want to go back to woodstock go to woodstock uh, if you want to go see ella fitzgerald go see elephant like whoever it is who would you pick and why hmm. um 
I'm going to go with the Allman Brothers. I've always really liked the Allman Brothers. And they're, they're one of those bands that they probably still tour from time to time today, but it's like, it's not really the Almond Brothers anymore. It's like mm-hmm. one of their guitar techs and the drummer's nephew and the manager and like Dwayne Almond and Dickie Betts. They're, they're all gone out of the band. Um, I, I would love to have seen those guys, some good Southern rock and roll. They were outstanding in their heyday and that would have been a lot of fun. Okay. I get that. That's a good one. You got one, Eric? Well, part of me just leans into the Rolling Stones. It's always heard just amazing things about their concerts. The other one would be Tupac. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> I was wondering when Tupac and that's was going to make an appearance. That's not just for Nick. You like Tupac. Yeah, like. yeah, I do. Um, the Rolling Stones, I don't know if they tour anymore. Yeah, they they're just more played, likely uh, to tour than Tupac. So they just played Circuit of the Americas down in Austin like two weeks ago. That's why you missed your chance there. I did. You could have gone to Rolling Stones, hung out with Jeff, but what were you doing? Painting your house? Okay. Probably. <laughs> Whatever. You and Seolic painting. <laughs> um, all right. I like it. So for me, I think I'm going to go the man in black, Johnny Cash. Ooh, it's a great in Folsom in Folsom. Let's do it. Let's go to the jail and hear that concert. Uh, There's just some about him, some about his songs and doesn't matter what point of his career. Every one of his songs just gets you rolling. And uh, yeah, I'd have to see that. I think that would be a special concert. All right. So now we're going to get a little, uh, take a little turn. So I've got some options for you for this question. So the Joker is about to drop his laughing gas on Gotham a la 1989's Batman movie. Unless you have to play one of these songs as background music to your entire waking life for one year. I let him drop the laughing gas. Which one do you pick? Rick Astley, Never Gonna Give You Up. Chumba Wumba, Tub Thumping. No Scrubs by TLC. <laughs> Or Starship, we built this city. (laughs) (laughs) Got to pick one. Gotham needs you, Eric. What are you going to do? I think I'm going with Chumbawamba. (laughs) You get knocked down, but you get up again. Is it because you love that song secretly or because the other three just churn your guts? What's going on? Two of the other ones churn my guts. What was the last one? Starship. Starship. Uh, That one would get on my nerves pretty quickly. Yeah. Cody plays the Mamba. Listen to the radio. Yeah. No. I'm going to get knocked down. Get back up again. You wouldn't want to get Rick rolled for a year. Would rather get knocked down, but get up again. I'd probably spend a lot of time asleep. I think just my entire waking life. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when you're asleep, the music stops. So if you want to find a way to get a lot of ambient in your system, that might be. Oh, I would. All right. Tub thumping by Chumbawamba for Eric. If I had to rank these of songs that I hate the most and bother me the most and would absolutely rather watch the Joker kill everybody, (laughs) I, I would 
I would rather just choke on that laughing gas and have to listen to tub thumping it's a, one time, much less a year. It's a tough, it's a tough <laughs> list. It's a tough yeah, list. That song is, it is horrible. The way um, it's a small world is horrible at Disneyland. It's uh, yeah, it's right there. They don't um, call him the clown prince of crime for nothing that he, he knows what he's doing here. The, the, the two of the other songs, like Rick Astley, I don't mind that song. That guy can sing. That song gets ripped apart, but um, he at least has some musical ability. Mm-hmm. No scrubs I've loved ever since uh, the other guys. So, Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Um, guys, we don't want no scrubs here. Yeah. But for me, it would have to be Starship. I would definitely. Um, there's a chance that if I was a major league ball player, that my walk-up music would be We Built This City. Not not because I like the song, but I don't know. It's just campy enough. The same way that mm-hmm. uh, oh Charlie Blackman always walked up to uh, Josie's on a vacation far away. <laughs> exactly. That is great walk up music, and then the yeah. whole crowd gets into it. And anyhow, so I'm going Starship. What do you got, Jake? So it's funny because uh, Starship. We built this city. I remember my dad saying, "I hate this song," um, but. I also saw that was on a list of like, is on a list of the 10 most awesomely terrible songs. Like it's a bad song, but it's also great. That's what start. That's what we built the city is. And I kind of have to agree with that assessment. Um, uh, I think I'm going to go with no scrubs though. If I have to listen to one song per year, I'm going to go with no scrubs. Um, Cause I remember when that song came out and anytime it came on the radio, everybody just stopped whatever they were doing and start singing along with, with the radio. Um, so I think I could make it a year with TLC's no scrubs in the background of my life. So, all right, good. I like it. That was a good one. So I've got a series of questions and these are hypotheticals that are related to music and history. Um, and I'm going to take, characters from history and put them in situations that would require some sort of music and musicians and put them in inverse historical situations. So here's the first one. Would you rather go on a worldwide music tour with King Richard the Lionhearted or go on the third crusade to reclaim the Holy Land with little Richard? So the link being Richard people. Okay, can can you clarify the first one, or am I in a so band? King, so you're Richard you're going to Richard you going? the Lionheart and the Crusaders are going on a worldwide music tour, and you're in the band with them. Okay, you so I'm not go with him, and we're following the Grateful Dead. We no, are the band. He, yeah, you're the band. So you're going to go on a worldwide music tour with King Richard the Lionhearted, or go on the Third Crusade with Little Richard leading the helm to reclaim the Holy Land. This one's easy. Tell me. Oh, I'm definitely rolling with little Richard into the okay. third crusade. I thought so. Can you I just see so. him going in yeah. there like all fabulous? And- <laughs> yeah. Oh. Saladin would surrender because of the pomp. Like he couldn't handle the flair that that little Richard was bringing. No, little Richard would bring electricity and amps and it would yeah. be for real. It would be like it would be like Mad Max Fury Road. It would be something like the Doof truck rolling. It would through. be coming on the Doof mobile. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Eric? Well, I think, I mean, King Richard has to know some songs. I just don't yes. think it's going to rock out that much. But I. If you got to do it for a worldwide tour, you can't, it's not just a, 
It's not a small thing around France or around the Holy Land. Like you got to do a worldwide tour. Yeah, and Eric is King Richard a great drummer, a great guitarist? Is he a front man? How do you envision him? Well, he's a front man, clearly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is he also um, an axe man? Can he play? Can he wail on the axe? Oh, can wail on something. I, I, you know. This is I not think, a question I know I have a good answer to. I think I, I just roll with King Richard the Third. But here's the thing: I think you stadium filled with his fans. Okay. Sometimes it's good to be king. That's fine. Yeah, I, I'm going Little Richard. I want to. I want to get on that journey. Oh, yeah. I want to. I want to ride that dragon. I want to see what happens. I, it might fail spectacularly, but I want to go to the Holy Land with Little Richard. Long right. tall Sally. Yep. Sally Dean's got no answer for long tall Sally. <laughs> um, would you rather run away with Joan of Arc or break Joan Jet's heart? Um, well, if you just, break Joan Jet's heart, she's going to write a song about it, right? Yeah, obviously. That's okay. It's one way to make my legacy. Yeah. We'll go with that. I think just just thinking through this logically, um, to break Joan Jett's heart, you're going to have to, someone's going to fall in love with somebody else. You're going to have fun for a while, at least a couple weeks, a couple months, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Joan of Arc, there's a good chance she was just insane. So You don't want to run away with a crazy person. No, I'm going to take a hot, couple weeks with uh joan jett and listen to our breakup song that she writes that goes to number one and rather than have to <laughs> explain like, that's me that was yeah. me <laughs> yeah rather than have to explain all the joan of arc's bs to every bus driver and waitstaff member that we run into on whatever or to the doing. english inquisition yeah god told me not to pay for this soup okay that's not what she meant that's, <laughs> just bear with me yeah, there we go. Right. What about you, Jake? What do you got? Uh, I'm going to break Joan Jett's heart. Same. Yeah. Eric? Yeah, that's what I went with. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. This one gets weird. This one, you ready for this one? Oh, weird one. Okay. Well, yeah, the other two are perfectly normal, right? <laughs> All yeah. right. I'm gonna, I'll say it as clearly as I can. Would you rather play the fiddle in a high stakes contest for your soul against Charles Martel or follow Charlie Daniels into battle against the Umayyad Caliphate at the Battle of Tours? So high stakes fiddle contest against Charles Martel, the hammer, or follow Charlie Daniels into battle against the, uh, the Caliphate. So you lose the fiddle contest against Charles Martel, your soul goes to hell. You don't get the golden fiddle. I, I'm just going to say I would follow Charlie Daniels anywhere. So that's okay. that's all I got on this one. I where are we going, Charlie? Let's go get him. I think he's dead, but he I'm seeing passed. yeah, I'm seeing Charlie Daniels in his prime trucker hat, yeah. walking the house. Yeah, get on the bus. We're going to have fun. I think that's the wisest choice. Uh, so? Putting my soul on the line to something that I'm not <laughs> skilled at is not a good option. Yeah, but is Charles Martel a fiddle player? Unlikely. Oh, he probably has more musical training than I do. 
I mean, he's royalty, right? So, so I did. I did play a year of viola. Well, then in fourth then grade. Good for you. So I'm going against. I'm going against Charles Martel, the Hammer. I'm gonna high stakes. I want to see Jake out there doing hot cross buns on his yeah. viola. I can. I can play a mean can can. So <laughs> bring it, Martel. Yeah, my alto saxophone two years is not going to cut it on any type of string instrument for okay. my soul. Hey, okay. Fabulous question, Jake. That was, that was, that was, top that was good. Door. Yeah. Well okay. <laughs> All right. Last one. Last one of monarchs or musicians. Would you rather watch King James, the first of England sing living in America, a la Rocky four or own a copy of the James Brown version of the Holy Bible. And this isn't really even a question. So, because we all know what the answer is, but I had to ask it technically. So is it written in? Uh, it's written in James Brown. Ease. James That's, Brown. Which yeah, means you I have mean, to go to school and study his language. It's, it's, a, a, hand, it's a handwritten <laughs> copy, right? It's not. Oh, yeah. I got no the little world. He gave me the one I got, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He wrote this by himself oh for gosh. you, Eric. Is it the James Bible Brown? as we know it just in his speech, or do we have like a whole new theology? Same books, it? the same 66 books, but in James Brown's version. So he, he rewrote it for James Brown English. Forget this King's English. Forget none of, no, 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 no. James Brown English. Do you really want to hear James the first thing living in America, Rocky Four? Have you seen the James Brown movie with Chadwick Boseman playing James Brown? No. You will not get two minutes into that movie before you turn on the subtitles. So. Okay. You cannot understand a word he says, and I'm pretty sure he sounds exactly like James Brown. Okay. That's a good way to, that's a good assessment. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't answer Bible. this question. Right. You want a James Brown Bible. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. Everybody wants a James <laughs> Brown Bible. Exactly. <laughs> Another great I agree. question. It wasn't even really a question. Because we all know, we all given a choice, you're going to take a James Brown Bible. It's over, very rhetorical. You knew the over answer most when you threw yeah. it out there. Yeah. But I had to ask because here we are. All right. That I'm probably going to Google James Brown Bible when we're done. There's a not oh, zero chance that one exists out there. I, I'm sure you can get down some Reddit threads and figure this out. I'm sure someone would be like, oh, yeah, or can, like Etsy. We can start. We like crowdsource a James Brown translation. You want to start translating the Bible into James Brown? I mean, if you can get a Klingon to English, English to Klingon dictionary, <laughs> there's probably a James Brown Bible. That's right? probably probably true. Yeah. Makes sense. That's, that makes, yeah. The, it, the real travesty is that there hasn't been one yet, really. Like, why haven't we gotten a James Brown Bible earlier? That's That's the real question. Why the timing's the right to start our own church. He's our patron yeah. saint. Our Bible is James Brown. I mean, imagine <laughs> yeah. those sermons, that service, like you're walking off the stage at the end, the guy comes out and you get all alive again, all like James yeah. Brown, you get the spirit oh, in you. He throws his cloak off again. Yeah, goes Just pass yeah. the collection plate and is brimming <laughs> with cash. Yeah, I'm in. All right, let's do it. Eric, you down? You know, I might have some qualms with that but in theory yeah 
Sounds great. Wait, okay. What do you want to adopt Bible the Augsburg Confession? What like yeah. same Bible? No, I mean, we can translate, you know, the the Book of Concord into James. You want Brown the ninety five well. theses in James Brownies? Is that? Uh, I mean, if we're going to okay. do this, we have to do it completely. Okay. Okay. Good. So he's brought small called articles. All I heard was yes. That's all I heard. James Brown doesn't sell indulgences. He is an indulgence. <laughs> Think about it that way. Okay. Oh. He is the indulgence. All right. That's end of monarchs or musicians. So I have one last question for you guys. There's a good chance uh, this year when uh, me and my buddies, Aaron and Joe, and I go to Las Vegas, we have a choice between three bands that we can possibly see this summer. One of them is Bruno Mars. The other is the Killers. And the third is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. If you had to pick which one of those three bands would you go see? God, Red Hot Chili tough, Peppers. Man. What'd you say, Eric? Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. I, I like that one because I grew up hearing them. So they're not only a great band, but they're nostalgic for me. But Bruno Mars is probably puts on an awesome concert. Yeah, he's he's a he's a poor man's Michael Jackson. He's got all the talent in the world. He's really good. It's probably a great show. Um, if he can, I mean, he's got a long way to go to match Michael's career, but he could have a lot of his talent. Mm-hmm. And and the Killers are great. Gosh, that's those three bands will all be there while you guys are there. Well, they'll all be there in this in July or August of the summer of this summer. Um, so depending on when we schedule it, we could see one of those three bands. I mean, I, I, another way to decide this would be what, what venue are you going to see them in? Like, like there's a, a great theater at the hard rock in Vegas that probably only seats about 2000 people. And it would be, I mean, any of those bands would be great in there, but if you're going to see them at like, like the T-Mobile center or something with 18,000 other people, Depends on where your seats are. It may or may not be great. So I, I might almost need more information before I can make this decision. So the Red Hot Chili Peppers is at a stadium. Okay. I don't think it's at the T-Mobile Center. It's at the one. It could be at the Raiders new stadium. Yeah, I think it's at the Raiders new stadium. Uh, Bruno Mars, I believe, is at the MGM uh, Grand. And then I don't remember where the killers are. But they're not at a stadium. Chili Peppers okay. is the only one at a stadium. Just based on that, I would take Bruno Mars at the MGM. That's definitely what I would do there. Okay. Okay. Just, just, just me personally. It's going to be a more intimate venue. It sounds fun, and, and I love the peppers. I'm with you. Those guys, um, pepper in your socks. They're they're wonderful. Um, but yeah. All right, I like it. I, I think we're leaning towards Bruno right now, but who knows? But that's all I got for questions, guys. So okay, so so I've got. Um, I, I was hoping that this story would come up through the course of this, and it almost did really early on, but um. In high school, me and my buddies, uh, most of our set listened to rock and roll and metal, but a couple of us were into uh, rap. And uh, the bands that we loved the most were NWA and Public Enemy. Mm -hmm. And Public Enemy came to Denver, Colorado, and they were playing at Red Rocks. And we got tickets to go to the show, and we were so excited. And we got there about an hour before the show started, got into the stadium. Um, I didn't see another white person in there that wasn't wearing a security shirt. It got really scary really quick. 
we realized that we were not as cool as we thought we were, and we were not going to see any of that show, and we yeah. were gone before the lights went down. So, you know, it's funny because I thought if if one when we were asking the question like, what's a band that you would see? I was thinking somebody was going to say NWA because whatever we like to think, uh, you know, Nirvana was for grunge and alt rock or the Beatles were for rock in the sixties. NWA was that for rap and hip hop. Like they were that influential. Oh, Um, it was another game changer. They they were the first in a long line of, uh, I mean, they started whole genre gangster rap as a genre and they definitely. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was wondering if somebody was going to pick that. I knew eventually Eric was going to bring up Tupac, but um, I didn't know if NWA was going to get brought up because they were that they were just that good. You know that year that uh, Seolik and I went to uh, went on all those uh, those half marathons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always had headliners at the end of the rock and roll marathons, and they were great. And the one for Vegas was supposed to be the headliner was supposed to be Snoop Dogg, and I was yeah. excited for that the whole time. I couldn't wait. And like a week before Snoop backed out and uh, they got Macklemore to come in instead. And he was awesome. He put on a great show, but sure. I really would have loved to have seen Snoop Dogg live. That would have been great. Yeah. In Vegas, no less. Yeah. He's awesome. He's so good. And the more I see him, the more I love like everything about him. Like he was uh, during the Olympics this past year, him and Kevin Hart were commentating. It is some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen. Like, it's, you can't have enough Snoop Dogg basically is, is what it comes down to. Yeah. He was on Rogan a couple of weeks ago and he is one of the most relentlessly positive people I've ever heard speak. Yeah. And that's not really the image that I associated with him. I didn't realize that before uh, listening to that podcast, but yeah, mm-hmm. he's just a good man. He puts out a lot of love and positivity and um, yeah, the, the world is better with Snoop Dogg in it. Amen. All right. Well, uh, let's, let's end the show on that then. Uh, Snoop Dogg love. I like it. So thank you guys for joining us and, uh, appreciate you bearing with us as we went through these questions. I think it was fun and, uh, it was a good time. So without further ado, thank you all. We'll see you next week. Bye everybody.